But still. Now we've started. Okay, no more dirty jokes from last week. <laughs> All right, so we're truly starting 24th show of this um, encoding overload according to to my computer but whatever um yeah so yes once again here charles and andrew hello the kobe bryant episode number 24 and uh we got lots to talk about nfl draft mainly i guess and nba first round of the playoffs and uh stanley cup playoffs of course players of the week for baseball and i don't know what else we're going to try and uh, accelerate through things really quick. And we also apologize. There's a bit kind of a, I think one of our computers is being noisy or whatever. So we're getting a lot of feedback from it. So uh, you're just going to have to deal with it because we are not a highly organized, well-paid, well-funded organization. It's just three lawyers or almost lawyers. My computer's about to explode, so... Yeah, his computer's, Francisco's computer is about to explode, so if we can make it through this episode unscathed, or at least alive, then that'll be a, a plus. Okay. Alright, so should we go ahead and get this started? I and think... You wanted me to take lead this week, so I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah, because I am woefully unprepared. <laughs> and it's been a long <laughs> week for Francisco. Um, anyway... So we have two NHL games on tap tonight. We have the Boston Bruins against the Columbus Blue Jackets in Boston. They are in the middle of the first period right now. We also have San Jose, Colorado, um, and they are slated to begin at, I believe, 1030 tonight. Over in the NBA, we have Milwaukee and Boston. And Golden State against Houston. And we're going to discuss that uh, game one a little bit more tonight because uh, much controversy. It's mainly because James Harden has gotten away with a ton of leeway with officiating, and now the playoffs have started and they knew the series. This is essentially the Western Conference Finals to most people. So they kind of knew. The refs kind of went into this knowing that they're going to have to try and be as even as possible with regards to the series because it could very much well determine who the Western Conference champion is, even though it's not the Western Conference finals. Right. Um, They are the favorites. It's either one or the other. Right. Uh, You could say that the Western Conference likely runs through the winner of this series. Um, And then in Major League Baseball, another... uh, Day, a full slate of games. All 30 teams are playing, although two games have been postponed. The Baltimore and Chicago White Sox game was postponed, and the Tampa Bay-Kansas City game has been postponed. Now, without further ado, let's head over to the NBA. Uh, first series we're going to discuss is Milwaukee-Boston. Milwaukee currently has a one nothing lead over Boston in the series. And it's actually Boston. That was the one nothing lead. Oh shoot! I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's no, I had it in my notes. It, yeah. I just glossed over it. Boston, the Celtics, the Irish team, I guess, uh, has a one nothing lead in the series over the male deer. Right. So you gentlemen, please discuss. <laughs> because uh, Andrew's... because I know absolutely nothing about the NBA. All I know is that. Uh, Giannis, I'm not even going to try it. His last name is a beast of a player. 
to quote a YouTuber that I watch, QJB. He's the beast from the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, said beast from East, his team is down one nothing, And um, I don't know. I'll let you guys take it from there. Okay. So I guess I'm coming out pretty staticky with regards to my mic. Is that right, Charles? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. Do you just want to? Do you want to share mics this evening? Uh, let's see. How about now? Is that better? A little bit. A little, a bit. little bit. Okay. So okay. I'll try and contain myself. Um, my guess is it has to do with the fact that he's near the nearly exploding computer, and I'm not. I can kind of move away Precisely. from it right now. So, um, all right. So. I think what we we're seeing is the fact that the Boston Celtics are finally hitting their stride after what many people would say was a disappointing regular season, but maybe, just maybe, it was all uh, in preparation for this moment. Uh, one shining moment? Exactly. Sorry, wrong, wrong level of sport, but still, I had to get that one in there. So, um, I think... Brad Stevens has finally got his rotation set uh, with regards to uh, I think he's got kind of like an eight-man rotation going instead of a nine-man rotation and it's worked to a T against the Celtics they were able to force John the the Bucks I well, yeah the, the Celtics uh, against the Bucks yes and I think they were able to get Giannis Atatankopo to make a ton of errors and mistakes forcing him to uh essentially neutralizing him uh in that entire game in which uh completely took the milwaukee bucks out of their game i don't know what you did you see any of the game charles yeah i i saw a good amount of it um you know typically the first rounds of the playoffs are always kind of snooze fest so you always get excited for the second round um, and this one kind of went a little bit what I was predicting. And we've talked about it on the show in the past where I felt that don't take the Celtics seeding number as a determination of how good they're going to be. You know, the whole season was just to figure out how Gordon Hayward is going to play out. And right now they have him basically as a hot bench scorer, sometimes starter um, coming in play. But what stuck out is what I expected because typically for Mike Brunholzer teams, when they come out 60 wins and like, little bit of losses they always suffer from being great in the first series mm. being a slightly above average in the next series and if they somehow make it which is possible with this uh schedule because rumors they end up becoming like pure average against you know where the conference team is because we saw that when they were with the when he had the first seed uh falcon or not Falcons, or i think atlanta the first seed hawks but I'm not necessarily surprised by one game, and I tell that to people as one game because look what happened when it was Philadelphia and um, Toronto, one game, and then Philly came back with a little bit of a vengeance to win out. What surprised me, and I think what Milwaukee fans and veterans need to be afraid of, is just how the big pay, the big play guys who have big money contracts didn't show up for them and their game against Boston. Um, Bledsoe looked uncomfortable. He didn't shoot that well. Bear with me as I get the uh, scoreboard out so I can actually dissect it and poo-poo on certain people that I do so well. Hello um, to all you moms out there. I want you...
things are going That's... as the the ba- basketball gods planned when they wanted the quote unquote best, best teams to move on to the next round. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, essentially that, that's typical, it. right? No, no, this is the whole first round is kind of like a other than that Thunder Blazer series. Everybody was, uh, or actually not the Thunder Blazers, but the Nuggets and the um, the Spurs. Spurs. Other than that, the rest of the series, well. People thought the Thunder uh, Blazers game would be, or series was, would be a lot more competitive than it was, but um, the NBA is typically the first round. It's like okay, we'll get, they'll get those teams out of the way, and then we'll we'll see. Even though the three four matchup usually is the, uh, or the four five matchup, sorry, is usually the the more competitive of all, of all the matchups. But um, I think it's. It's kind of scary what the Celtics are doing right now as they're figuring it out. So we'll see how the Bucks adjust to that. Um, as far as the the more interesting side is the Western Conference, where we saw the. Do you want to quickly discuss the other Eastern Conference matchup, or is that boring and don't want to discuss it? I mean, we, we can touch on it. Yeah. What, what What do you think, Charles? I mean, I mean, rock paper scissors shoot. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so. Here's the thing, Andrew. The Toronto Raptors, to give you way of background, they were the top Eastern team last year for the majority of the season and then uh, got swept by the Cavaliers of Emory. That's season. happened right. the past couple of seasons, right? They've yes. always yeah. been good on paper and then they completely blow it in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So what happens is they fire Dwayne Casey, hire Nick Nurse from within, they trade away DeMar DeRose, and they pick up um, Kawhi Leonard, they pick up Mark Gasol as insurance, straight away Jonas Valanciunas on the idea of reshaping on one last ride for a true chance to make it. Because it's Toronto, they have a bad tendency to get free agents, and their play has been pretty consistent, pretty darn good. They got the second seed this season, and they could possibly walk into the finals. There'll be some bumps along the way, but they have a better match. But this is going to be more of a slugfest fight that comes in versus what a lot of people are expecting. You want the Philadelphia 76ers to actually put up a good match against Toronto because Philly is the one, if we thought that uh, the Toronto Raptors were doing the whole like last chance Charlie kind of situation, trade away a star player for another star player who might be leaving at the end of the season – Philadelphia is doing the panic button because now they got this <laughs> eclectic starting five that they traded midseason. Because you got to remember, two of their starters they traded midseason for in Jimmy Butler right. and Tobias Harris, and it, it hasn't really been meshing well. Um, you, you guys have known my position since I jumped on. I think Jimmy Butler is a very good point, but I think he's trying to get paid on the overrate scale. Right. Tobias Harris fits better, uh, but there's a lot more sense of panic and fear that comes in that's what kind of makes this a little bit juicy because there's this I, I hated the process everybody knows i hate the process i don't believe that you should tank that badly and three years and the problem is the nba rewards tanking beyond belief um you know because the nfl yeah rewards tanking but you have dudes tanking and then just taking these lottery picks and the, the odds and i feel like there's some conspiracy of how they can always get these first round picks and none of them pan out except for like two guys so there's some juicy drama because if, it's, if the Toronto Raptors go further and further, further, what happens with Kawhi Leonard? Does he contemplate staying in Canada? Oh, Canada, maple syrup galore? Or does <laughs> you know th- does the 76ers win and show that the process 
didn't work out, but trading away half the people that they got in the process helps them. Because what happens, I think the implications are grand, because what happens is if like the 76ers get bounced quickly, I think that could be Brett Brown's job. And I understand, Charles, you're jumping to the conclusion of like, well, now you've got him two seasons, see what he can really make up with the roster, and it's not good enough. It could mean Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play. It could mean that it could be Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and uh, Tobias Harriswell, because who knows what's going on in J.J. Redick. There's a lot of people who flaunt players because mm-hmm. he's just midget Kyle Korver, and they'll flaunt picks at them to take him. And, you know, Elton Brand, it's your first year as a GM, but in the NBA, first years aren't safe. Go look at Igor Korskorov, Mr. Sounding Like a Deputy from Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> so there is good, juicy drama in those games. The matches aren't going to be sexy because these two teams suffer from a big problem. For Toronto Raptors, it's like we're really going to try to funnel the offense through Kawhi, and then when it becomes our, our bench plays out, everybody tries to shoot, and maybe and maybe not make it. And the bigger problem with um, – the 76ers, and you saw this in a Brooklyn game, is that there's too many bad shots taken. Jimmy Butler, if you give this a seven-game mm-hmm. series, I can guarantee you there'll be three or four games of shooting stuff he shouldn't shoot, but he's forcing it because he has to prove himself, right? It was online money. If you're 29 years old, this is really your only chance now to get a mega contract. The CBA was different four years ago when you signed that extension. And then Joel Embiid, uh, the first game against the Brooklyn Nets when they got blown out, it was just chucking up threes that weren't really that contested. He's missing it. Play your position, man. So that, you know, everybody's looking on the outside in because it's going to be, hey, Brett Brown, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you mesh it? Can you control Because if not, we'll get rid of you. Uh, you know, I think that might be the most fun Eastern Conference series in a while compared to Boston, Milwaukee. Because here's the thing. If Boston wins their series, it was expected. Right, that's all we told ourselves because last year, we're like, oh, they're only like the second, it, third. So because I kind of agree with you there. that because the implications for the for those two teams, the Sixers and the Raptors, they've kind of put all their eggs in these these baskets. The Raptors with Kawhi yeah. and the Sixers with the process, and it could all fall apart with the end of the series. Like the like either the Celtics or the Bucks. Either way, they'll be fine for next season. I, whoever wins yeah. that series, but for those two teams, it's really their future. If they can't make it past this series, or make it past Boston or Milwaukee on the other side, then it's gonna get yeah. really, it's gonna be really, I really mean, bad for those teams. What's what's the harm that happens to Milwaukee if they lose? They say second year is gonna be our year, and that's fair in point. Cause right, this was their breakout season. Yeah, yeah, you can make Giannis a lockdown player and get him a big contract. You can decide how to shift around your depth a little bit. Um, for Boston, okay, so let's be real here. If if Kyrie doesn't want to stay, then you just pay Terry Rozier, who's going to get overpaid elsewhere. He is. He really is. So you just keep him in line to a fairly acceptable contract and you run kind of the same guys without trading away Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. But Kyrie leaves. Maybe you say, hey, Anthony Davis, Mm -hmm. what up, homie? I mean, they've got the assets for it and they might, yeah, especially if uh, things don't really plan out for them. Or they make it to the finals and they think, oh, this could put us over the top. Whereas it's different with the Raptors, because this goes back to the intrigue, Andrew, is that the Raptors can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. They can even go to the NBA Finals. And even if they win it, they still might not be able to retain the most valuable free agent in the market. Right. Well, if, that, they, if they win it, I think they, it would be worth – this, this whole thing would be worth it. They could is just this lose Kawhi half. Leonard you mentioned? Yes. Yes. 
Gotcha. Okay. If if they make it and win it, then you know this. Even the Kawhi trade, it's justified. They can have a banner there, be next to all those ancient Leafs cups over there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Raptors really have to win it all, or it's or this is all moot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they but, have to uh, you know, we, try and develop a new star or something like that. And you know how long it took them to, to kind of get out of Chris Bosch's like wake after he left. Right. This almost kind of reminds me of what happened to the lightning. This was the year to win and we just blew it because we're going to be losing a lot of star players this year because everyone's going to be asking for more money and deservedly. So they've played incredibly. So you can't, uh, this is it. A lot of these guys are going to be leaving anyway. Let's move on to the Western conference. First, we'll start with golden state and Houston. Like I said, there was a bit of controversy the other night in the game one. Um, I was watching a little bit of the inside the NBA, a little snippet. Um, by the way, I love the EJ's Nito stat of the night. That thing is amazing. Uh, anywho, they were talking about how there were four fouls that were missed, or five fouls that were missed. There were five fouls that were not called, four of which they believed were missed. And the fifth one right. was basically hardened flopping. He he moved himself into I think it was Clay Thompson, moved him into Clay Thompson's path and started falling by himself to draw the foul. Right. So, what do you guys think, and how will this impact tonight's game? Which, as I heard, a referee who has kind of a love-hate relationship, I guess you could call it, with uh, at least Houston uh, is going to be uh, officiating tonight. Uh, okay, so, I mean, f- first off, Chris Paul, some people think he should have been suspended uh, for at least tonight's game. Yep. But I think the NBA doesn't want any more controversy with regards to the this matchup between the Warriors and the Rockets, so they're not going to they're just not going to do it. Um, and even though it would probably add to the narrative of Chris Paul not being able to be there for the big game with regards to either injury or suspension. So, um, a- anyways, I, as far as, like, I think it's been sort of fair at this point. I think James Harden got away with, like, way too much stuff this season uh, to the point that, uh, it, the Rockets got used to it, and now they're finding ways to complain and to and to um, try and blame everything on the officiating. I don't know. I think the I think Adam Silver has to kind of stop them from creating this sort of narrative because this is what they're doing. They're going out into the media. They're trying to say this. They're saying that we've conducted studies on the re- officiating from last season and from this season and trying to get everybody on their side with regards to that. But in the end, it doesn't matter when they're playing, when they're on the court, that doesn't matter. I think they're just trying to find a way to sway the refs in some sort of manner to give them some sort of edge over the, over the warriors who just continue to keep doing what they're doing. Um, even though this is probably the most vulnerable they've been uh, in this whole run that they've had um, as they're not the same team uh, of, Curry and, and Clay Thompson are a bit banged up. Draymond Green is still doing all right, but not 
as as well as he could be and and they're feeding everything to Kevin Durant and of course they lost DeMarcus Cousins which was a huge blow to them but I, I think the the Rockets just need to find I think they just shut up to be honest I don't know what, what do you think Charles all right I got three points to make on the series uh first and foremost Daryl Morey if you see the milk is spilt and you do nothing to clean it up, it's going to smell up in the house. And that's essentially what you're doing when you're going to say, well, we did an audit. We did this and this and this. It doesn't matter. I ra- from because The basis of their audit was from last year's game seven. First right. off, you know. They I'm missed like four billion threes, which, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm never going to feel sympathetic for a team that doesn't know how to finish the job. You aim for the head because the body dies, right? Uh, to quote a certain uh, Greg Williams, uh, you know, for those who don't know, NFL Bounty Gate who said something similar to that equation. Your team is the one left back in. Just way mm-hmm. I didn't have any sympathy for the Golden State Warriors when LeBron and the Cavaliers came back and there was issues about uh, Draymond. If you're in the opportunity to close it and you don't close, you don't get any coffee. It's for closers, son, and you guys aren't that. What was their issue in Game Seven? Because it's useless. It's it's okay. There's the fouls that weren't called, and then Chris Paul was injured. If we had Chris Paul, uh, you know, we would have won. Well, Chris Paul's been injured since like 2008, man. You know, you know what you're getting insurance. So that's point number one. Point number two is, I would love it if the ref said, you know what, we're not calling fouls at all this game because this feels like two teams who hate each other. Basically, just like in hockey, they just swallow the whistles. Exactly. But the issue I find funny is that none of these guys are physical dudes. Like, they don't scare me. I mean, they scare me. I wouldn't mess with them. But, you know, it's not that kind of bad boys. It's the Chicago Bulls. Like, they'll throw down. You're not going to get a mouse in the palace. What you're going to do is get a very flamboyant kind of aggression. So, you know what? Take away the fouls and let's see if we get some fisticuffs. You know, let's see if someone can knock off the beard of Harden. Mm. Um, what I really translate is like, you know what? Because what can the M- NBA do? The referees are going to call more fouls. But you know what? We're not, as a big message about NBA head, I'm going to say, listen, don't let these teams influence you because they're always going to So if it's a close call, don't call it, right? So let them get kind of chippy. Let them go from there. That's what I like basketball for. Uh, and we'll play on some basketball. And then furthermore, see what happens to the Rockets and James Harden's game if they don't get foul calls because that man's whole basis of the game is shooting threes and getting the free throw line. I'll tell you right now, he's a better free throw shooter than he is a three-point shooter. The last game that they had in the first uh, the first matchup, the guy went to the line 14 times, missed one. But let's look at the other statistics and let's see why you really lost the game, James. You shot nine for 28. Mm-hmm. You shot four of 16 at threes. Right. You got 35 points, but it's nothing. I saw James Harden play live when I was in Carolina against the Hornets. The man was terrible for three quarters, but he only turned it back on at the final quarter because him, Clint Capella, and then uh, Eric Gordon were able to get something going. And then, of course, it's the Charlotte Hornets, so they suck. So they just kind of fell down that cliff strong. If you lose, you're not going to lose because there was any refereeing officiating problems. You're going to lose because Golden State took better shots. And mind you, there was a lot of dudes off their game. Steph Curry went 5 of 12, 3 of 10 at three-pointers. Clay Thompson was that great. But you know who was good enough to carry them? Kevin Durant, who has the best shot selection on the floor for that entire team. They're not running the gun because the problem with Houston is they're going to do two things. Harden's going to get the rebound or call for the ball after the rebound. Going to run up, stop at the three-point line, and just chuck it. 
Sheffield like doesn't matter. The guy should play football and he would have been a quarterback. <laughs> or he's going to try to get the foul mm. because they play under this illusion of a fast-paced seven seconds or exactly. less court offense, but they're tired, man. They're gassed. I mean, that's, that's what I'm expecting the Harden to do tonight is basically take less threes and try and go more hard into the paint to draw more fouls uh, yeah. and, and get there. So, um, the, I mean, that's – The name? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's what I feel that he's going to be going to try and do today, just to get, I guess, something going for the Rockets and also get himself I, I to the free throw line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because you got to understand, at the end of the day, I hate his game per se of just getting the three point line because it seems to me that or get the free throws because it seems to me that it's too you easy. Can't competitively, it's too easy, but it, it's a higher learning. Is that you can't beat somebody on a one on one coverage. To, to get open, to shoot the shots. He doesn't have, like, a great fadeaway. He's not Dirk Nowitzki. I think if you put a little skin on him, he'll, he'll flail out. And, you know, even though his stats are amazing, there's a reason why you have 35 points a game because you're either shooting him all the time you're finding a way. But on the other side Yeah, so it, James Harden is win- the type of guy that can only beat can only pl- like if he's playing Super Smash Brothers, he can only beat you with uh, all sure. items on Smash Balls, yeah. high, whatever. He can't beat you one on one on Final Destination with no items yeah. and, and and nothing, you know. Can't do it on random. Um, and look, I'm not going to disrespect it because at the end of the day, points win, like everything else, especially in the NBA. But I don't want to hear this crybaby BS. And then the third and final point that I had towards the thing, which is very very small. Um, this really feels like whoever wins this is getting the big ticket championship. And that's why it makes this line slightly better than the Western Conference because I think in the heart of hearts for the Rockets, one, they're seeing their window close because how much more can Chris Paul really go before you cut him? Because he'll play for a while, but you want to pay that max money. And then, two, it's just like, man, you know, we see that competition. We're not scared of Toronto, Milwaukee. We're not scared. We, we pray that we get, uh, you know, Philadelphia because they don't play well with the starting five together, so they're all discombobulated. And then you, know, you give us Boston, that's fine. Half of your guys are going to freak out because they wouldn't know what to do in the postseason. So let's see what happens. So you, know, you talk about urgency and the panic for the 76ers, they're just like the mega one for Houston. More so for Houston than um, Golden State, because you have to ask yourself, too, why do you guys get fired in the NBA or any other sports? Do they keep seeing the same team over and over again in the finals or in the playoffs? Is because they just can't make it, man. Right. And the, the industry, the establishment, they're gonna they're gonna lose faith in you and they get rid of you. This is Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni couldn't get over the hump in Phoenix. Gone. Mike D'Antoni couldn't deal with his ego in, in the New York Knicks. Gone. He couldn't handle in LA. Gone. He folds, man. He folds like me at five shots on single day mile with tequila. It's over. <laughs> Guess what my non-sponsor is going to be. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So, so that, that's my thought. Yeah. The one. final series. I saw some of the, of the, of the Blazers nuggets game. Um, I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the, for the Blazers because I'd love to see Dame Lillard at least play for the Western conference title, which in, a, in a sense would be, I mean, that would essentially be almost like being in the finals because of how good the West has been. He's just been, he's just the type of guy that um, definitely uh, put Russell Westbrook to shame uh, with the way he carried the Blazers to that victory on that final, that final game of that series. Uh, say what you will as to what 
Paul George said about the shot. Um, the dude made it. It's a good shot when he makes it, you know? It was fantastic. It was so the best playoff shot I've seen. And his reaction, his reaction is part of our image for our thumbnail. It's just his, oh, it's almost not a non-reaction, actually, <laughs> with regards to um, the way he, he conducted himself after hitting that shot. That was just great. <laughs> um, and then he had that amazing quote on his, like, that he tweeted or something like, um, you know, I guess something about the, the person who's, I guess, better is the one who, you know, remains calm throughout this insanity while person who's yelling and shouting all that stuff which i'm assuming he's talking about russell westbrook who is a very loud human being uh with regard he doesn't have to talk just the way he can even his clothes are loud you know <laughs> that's true so um dame lillard great i saw like 40 versions of that shot from different angles in the crowd i want to uh, ask his you sister's guys, one is great i have a question about that for both of you do you think he traveled I uh, personally, I saw three steps without him dribbling. They were very close and it was a shuffle almost, but I saw three steps without him dribbling. I mean, it's obviously a moot not point. Not the most now. egregious. If it was, it wouldn't be the most egregious. Oh, thing no, it's seen. absolutely not. Because no. everybody travels just like everybody holds in the NFL. Everybody travels. Right. It's just whether or not you catch it. Exactly. And I think um, it's kind of loosened a lot mm-hmm. lately. It's not as strict as it used to be so um, but he was also doing a step back so that's that's the thing right exactly it was like a step back side it was like it was kind of like to the side but also slightly back he was going southeast but even then i don't think nobody really made a big deal about that i know but i don't know i i saw it and i figured i'd get your opinions on it all right so nba talk concluded I think so. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, as far as predictions are concerned, I, I still think the Warriors are going to pop through. And um, I, I can't really tell between the Nuggets and, and the Blazers, to be honest. But um, I, I guess... It's a bunch of blue-collar guys. Exactly. So, And then with regards to the East, I'm, I'm hoping Milwaukee can get through, but they're already losing 12-5 to right now to Boston. So It's only the first quarter. I know, but, you know. Hey, you never know. I mean, once they get that momentum, they get the momentum. And if they take two from Milwaukee on the road, I think it's over. Well, we'll see. Um, Charles, or you have a couple of other series to make predictions. uh, Philly and Toronto. I'm going to say Toronto. All right. How about you, Charles? Because I think they're still a more cohesive team than Philly. Mm. Golden State wins third year in a row. Going to go against Toronto. Toronto's going to fold. Kawhi Leonard's going to leave. Everything else is just in between. And KD will sign with the New York Knicks. The next chapter. My next chapter. Uh, Don't be surprised if someone is fired throughout this postseason. There's rumors of Billy Donovan expected to return as coach. But until you get a contract extension, you're in a lame duck year. You Mm -hmm. know what that means? Bam. You know who's not going to fire? The big papa. Popovich getting a three-year deal, of course. right off in the sunset. Sheesh. The Spurs almost won that series, so they did. Yeah. So, um, okay. All oh, right, let's move the, on. The Jackets are up one nothing on the on the on the Bruins. All right. And um, as far as the Stanley Cup playoffs are concerned, I mean, we can go to it if you want to. All right, we'll we'll just touch on it quickly since we are uh, we have about forty-five minutes left in this episode. Unless you want to run over. Okay. Um, I feel we may need to since this is a 
bit of a maybe maybe deep we'll, we'll see we'll see um okay so i mean i don't know what you want to do the the thing because we're, we're kind of at the halfway point Alrighty, uh let's go ahead and do it cue that slide francisco all right we are at Yay. our non-sponsors of the week our favorite segment every week charles you want to get us started not sponsor um yeah let's always do it so ladies and gentlemen as you know everybody in the great united states has their identity and their culture but ethnicity, race, what have you. But come a certain day in May, a certain Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> we all become a little, is it PR to say Mexican-y? Even if that's appropriate? Just as I'll allow it. Irish, I'll allow just it. Just how I'm Irish on March 17th for St. Patty's Day, we have ourselves a, you know, a nice little day of celebration of the dead and having fun, or it's not a day of the dead, whatever, I don't know what it is. All I know is, it's like something about better. France or something like that. I have no idea. Exactly. It's, it's like Bastille Day. Yeah. No, no, no. It's something about like Mexico freeing themselves from like a, fr- a French invasion. I don't know. Something. Well, something weird. Well, it's not their Independence time. Day or anything, but whatever. Okay. But, but typically, every person I ever met, every person I ever gone out with on single day, mono day means one thing. Tequila shots and tacos, baby. So, you know, my non-sponsored sponsor of the week is basically the only kind of tequila I'll drink, Patron. So, you know, <laughs> as I tell everybody, if you're under the age of 21, do not drink. Do not touch a single bit of it. I don't want to have to see you in court. Sorry. If you're over the age of 21, drink responsibly. Yes, Patron is expensive. We understand that. That's why you don't buy the damn whole bottle. You just get the little mini bottles at your ABC Liquors for like $15, and you get it as a gift for your friends and family, and you have a good time, and you celebrate being something other than yourself. It's the only Patron that I take, that, or the only tequila that I have that doesn't really burn my insides because it's clear. Never touch the gold stuff, let me tell you. And you get a little loose, you get a little brave. It is the purest definition of liquid courage, or it can help you get the sleep, and you get really, really hungry. So my non-sponsor sponsors is uh, you know, Patron Tequila, and my promo code would be, uh, ha, how do I want to do this one? Uh, basically, there you go. Okay. Already, Francisco, on to you. You said you had a very good one. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so um, yesterday I had the wonderful pleasure of going to the airport, and everybody loves the airport, right? Especially, uh, let me guess, it was Miami International. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that is a beautifully organized airport. I highly recommend that you go. In all serious note, just just fly in through Fort Lauderdale International and drive down. It makes your life so much easier. It's not even funny. Okay, so I had the wonderful pleasure of going to the airport around, uh, let's see, I woke up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I had a flight that was at 6.30 or so. No, no, I woke up at 4 or something a.m. in the morning because I woke up early. Anyways, I drive to the airport. I park my car. I had plans of going to Atlanta for, for work and to come back the very same night. So I get to the airport. The line is long. I don't know why people are trying to go. Who wakes up on a Monday morning to travel? I don't know. I did, but that's because I had to work. These people are like doing it on vacation and stuff. Who does that? People are stupid. Anyways, um, uh, going through TSA, whatever. The line is long, but it's moving. They're moving it along. Um, I'm passing through the, the scanner thing. Beep. Sir, you've been randomly selected for 
uh, what this BS, this bullshit, this this stupid security theater that they do? Because I watched um, Adam ruins everything. Adam Conover, you should follow him on 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 Twitter. He actually blow up blew up the entire thing TSA does because all their all their stuff is just bullshit. Everything they do is bullshit. TSA sucks. They're they're not my non sponsor. They're my anti non sponsor. TSA sucks. Um, they're just trying to force you to get to TSA pre check and all that stuff. That's what, that's why they they suck so much. They're trying to get you to do that. Sign up for it. Who cares? Anyways, I missed my flight. I'm waiting there for about 20 minutes for a guy to come out of his office to open the little extra scanny thingy that they have that make you lift your arms and all that crap. And I pass through in 10 seconds. And I'm like, you got to be. Okay. And I, I missed my flight to Atlanta. The next flight is full, so I can't get on that. I missed my court date. I call the court, whatever. It's fine. They, they, they reschedule me. But it still sucks. And I don't care. The feds can, can go screw themselves. TSA sucks. Um, anyways, uh, so my whole day is just terrible. I tweet about it on Twitter because I have to. I have to tweet TSA's actual handle and say that they suck. Um, and I did. Um, uh, Delta Airlines couldn't do anything for me, so, so they can screw themselves as well. I got to say, that's a very bold strategy to call out the TSA on Twitter. Oh, no, I, I will. No, they can. I didn't do anything wrong. They suck. They know they and suck. As I was telling Charles, okay. we have about, probably about 15 seconds now before the feds break in and arrest you. Anyways, um, Delta Airlines getting, couldn't do anything. They said, you know, whatever, non-refundable. Who cares? Okay, whatever. Um, but American Airlines, good old American Airlines, you know, they've got their, their name plastered on my favorite basketball team's arena. <laughs> You know? For those that don't know, the the Miami Heat arena is called the American. It yeah. is the American. It's much Airli- better than the American Airlines Center. I'll tell you that much, right? That's the one in Dallas for the Dallas Stars slash Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American Airlines Arena, also known locally as the AAA, right, is where the Miami Heat play, and right, that's about it. Right. So, um, American Airlines sends me a DM. Yo, we'd like to help you out. You know, you can get your money back and all that stuff. And, you know, we were sorry that you had to go through all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, American Airlines. They didn't have to do it. I mean, the tickets are non-refundable. I mean, it's clearly, you know, in the plain language of the ticket and all that stuff. I knew they didn't have to do it, but they did it anyways. So kudos to their social media team, to, to American Airlines. I, I tweeted that out as well. A shout out to them uh, for helping me with um, TSA's bullshit. And I, I actually posted that as well and uh they gave me my money back and i'm just shouting out to american airlines i know people complain about airlines all the time and as far as all the traveling i've done since i started working and all that stuff american airlines has been the best airline so far that i've been i've been on their their planes are typically on time their planes are typically clean typically have power at the very least so i can plug in my stuff and my switch and, and play super smash brothers on the plane so yeah uh promo code uh, TSA sucks. <laughs> Alrighty. So, so far we have a shout out to Patron and to American Airlines. I will conclude. This is going to be a very interesting one because this is not an organization. This is not a business. It is a road. Okay. Specifically, and it is the much maligned Chrome Avenue. Okay. Oh no, I've been I've been to Chrome many a time, dude. I had to drive up to Weston, uh, Country Road, 
so I had to drive up last week to Weston to umpire a baseball game. For those that don't know the area, Weston is about 40, in good traffic, about 30 to 35 minutes north of Miami proper. Um, and that's in good traffic. Unfortunately, when I have to leave my house to go to these games, which started around 7 o'clock, it's the heart, it's the heat, it's in dead center of bumper-to-bumper rush hour traffic. So my GPS says, hey, you're going to take this road out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't know this was Chrome Avenue at the time. I had to look it up uh, just before the show. It, and bear in mind, I did it in daylight, so I've heard that most of the incidents happen at night since it's not a very well-lit road. But Chrome Avenue is basically right at the eastern edge of the Everglades. You are more or less driving in the Everglades. Right. You reach the end, or like if you go on um, Cayocho, you go all the way down, you'll reach Miccosukee country. Yep. yep. And then if you continue on Cayocho, a.k.a. 8th Street, a.k.a. Tamiami Trail. Trail, you'll get to if Naples. You, if you just drive west on that for two hours, you'll hit the other side of the state, and you'll hit around the Fort Myers area. Uh, but again, not well lit. Highly recommend not driving that at night or in the early morning because you're not going to see anything and you are in the dead center of the Everglades. Anyway, so I drove up Chrome Avenue. It was gorgeous. It, it was flat as far as you could see, but you got to see like the this is true Florida. This is Florida untouched by man. Uh, it was it was quite beautiful. I, I had a fun time driving it. There were no stoplights or anything. It's just basically a straight shot up north. And you can go pretty fast. Uh, so yeah, my, my non-sponsor of the week is Chrome Avenue. Uh, keyword... Uh, Everglades. Why not? That's a good, that's a good uh, promo code right there. So anyway, uh, so, so today we had the Alcoholic Beverage Patron, uh, the airline, American Airlines, and a road. Okay. Alrighty. So that's, that's the end of that. That's, um, so, okay. I guess we'll have to talk the NFL draft because it was the biggest thing that happened over the weekend. And I think we can, we're not going to have a lot of time to dive into it, so we may go over it again in another episode since it's seven rounds, 255 And people picks. are still dissecting it. Oh, and yeah. And players are still now getting to know their teams with uh, workouts and things like that. And, of course, um, big trades that happened as well, including my team, the Dolphins, doing something. I think they actually might have done something right. <laughs> I know. Uh, so let me just start off with a few of the big headlines. Um, the first big head scratcher really was the New York Giants. As Urinating Tree calls them, they are uh, football's derp team. Or oh, yeah. The, the big derp. The, the big, big derp. derp. Right. They. Or some people have, I've, I've, just, I've heard on sports radio, people are describing them as blundering buffoons. Very nice. That's uh, or, and even those that didn't even like the pick or that that weren't too upset about the pick were thinking, why at six? But go right. ahead, who do they pick? Uh, so they picked quarterback Daniel Jones from Duke University. the The Giants had an opportunity to take Josh Allen, 
who I forget his position. Here it is. He oh, is an offensive Different line. Different Josh uh, no, no, no. Allen, by the way. Yes, and as a matter of fact, Josh Allen, there's been there was a Josh Allen last year picked at number seven. Right. There, there was a Josh Allen picked this year at number seven. As far as I can tell, this is the first time that two players with the same name have been drafted in consecutive years at the same spot in the draft. I wonder if John Boys will make a video about that. Maybe. <laughs> he could make that like an hour-long thing. Right. He'll find a way. Yeah, NFL if, draft gear solid, the twin Josh Allens. <laughs> um, I mean, if he could make a 40-minute video, just part one of a two-part series about Bob's. Um, he can find he can find anything and make a huge epic video about it. So anyway, Daniel Jones, um, he was not even, according to ESPN, he was the sixth ranked player just at his position, and was the 59th overall player in the draft. He was picked number six. The they, I mean, according to the Giants, they really wanted him. Like that, that was like their guy. They, I know. Um, everyone was saying that if they liked him so much, he was not on anybody else's radar until at least the second round. So they definitely could have waited to pick him up later. But apparently, they just wanted to go for it. And they had two first round picks. Uh, they picked yeah. at seventeen as well. Yeah, they had the seventeenth and took Dexter Lawrence, uh, defensive tackle from Clemson. Uh, which was a slightly more understandable pick because Dexter Lawrence, minus the whole uh, substance uh, illegal substance controversy, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, um, that's to be under, that's to be decided. Uh, I mean, illegal substances—that's not that big of a deal. Now, if your guy's an environmentalist, then that might be a huge <laughs> problem. You know, <laughs> alluding um, to something we'll be talking about later. So, anywho. Daniel uh, Daniel Jones, everyone thought, Giants fans thought, Josh Allen would, would have been the guy to go there. Or if they decided to draft a quarterback of the future to replace the aging Eli Manning, who, uh, I don't know, he's not, he's not long for the league. He's well, getting old. I mean, there was, um, I, I saw somebody on YouTube break down Eli Manning's last few seasons. And honestly, it kind of turned my opinion around on him that he wasn't his lack of production or, or just what it seems like his his decline isn't entirely on him aging that such. It's just basically the Giants being a horribly run franchise at this point. I can see that. And if you've seen the SB Nation video of Collapse, mm -hmm. you can kind of see what the Giants have done to themselves. They've been shooting themselves in the foot for so long. Or Since they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, yeah, they've they've not they have not done well since I think 2011 was kind of the beginning. Of I the mean, end. they had one breakout season in 2016, but even then, um, there were issues. Right. So, and it's not entirely his fault. Even still, once again, we right. can get, get away from the derp. Uh, exactly, but even if he's produce unless he's Tom Brady who is I think part cyborg at this point um, the fact that he's still playing into his 40s at such a high level um, Eli Manning is going on his oh, four five six seven eight 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Like 13th or uh, th- I think this will be like his 15th or 16th right, season like coming up. He's getting up there. Uh, if he came out of school at 22, uh, that means he's approaching 37. Again, I don't have any of this info up, so I may or may not be right. He's getting up there. They need someone to learn from him and eventually succeed him as the Giants quarterback. So people thought either... They could bolster their defense with Josh Allen, who eventually went to uh, the Jaguars on the next pick. Um, I'm sure they were surprised and took him as soon as they figured that out. Or if they wanted to go the QB route, they could have gone with Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State. Uh, I mean, Lee Corso thought he was going to go number one overall, which went to Kyler Murray eventually. And that'll set up uh, where we need to go in a second, what you're talking about. Um, a few other notables. I mean, that was kind of the big controversy, if you will. Another couple of notables. A, the University of Nebraska broke a tw- 56-year streak of having at least one player drafted. There were no Nebraska players drafted this year, breaking that streak. Uh, also, University of Tennessee did not have anyone drafted. And I believe... Uh, I think it's three out of the last five years that that's happened. Um, I had it up here somewhere. A um, couple of other things. Uh, just I happen to know quite a deal, a good deal about this since uh, my UCF Knights played both these teams. Um, three of the uh, three of these teams, all three of these teams, teams got steals on some of these players from the teams that we played. Ed Oliver. Uh, who played for Houston. He was actually a Heisman hopeful at one point this year, but no one, no defensive player has won in ever, I think. Or not in ever, but in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive tackle from Houston. He is a beast and a half. Um, and he fell to eighth, uh, picked up by the Buffalo Bills. Um, also, who else did I mention? Um, Daryl Henderson from... University of Memphis, he went pretty low. Um, He gave us a lot of trouble in the games we played. Uh, I forget who picked him up, but whoever picked him up, they've got a great player um, running back of the future. Same thing goes with Devin Singletary from FAU. Uh, Gave us a lot of trouble. We were eventually able to contain him because of good uh, defensive adjustments from Randy Shannon, who's our defensive coordinator. But still, he was also Heisman hopeful. He had a he had a, a hell of a season, and he also with the right right training, right uh, mentor, he is going to do things in the NFL. Uh, one other thing of note: uh, Old Dominion had their first ever player drafted in the NFL draft. O'Shane Zimenez. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was drafted, I believe, in the third round, and that's a bit of history right there. Um, so I'll scoot forward to f- something that Francisco knows quite about, and that is the whole Josh Rosen, uh, yeah, saga. So, yeah, so, I mean, Josh Rosen is now a Miami Dolphin. Just as a, uh, I guess if I can give some background here. So Kyler Murray was drafted number, who's a quarterback and won the 2018 Heisman. 
He was drafted number one overall by the Arizona Cardinals. Another Oklahoma quarterback. Oh, that's another thing. Two years in a row that a Heisman winning quarterback from Oklahoma has been drafted number one. Last year was Baker Mayfield, who is now with the Cleveland Browns. So Kyler Murray was drafted number one because Arizona's new head coach, Kiff, Cliff Kingsbury, loves him. He That is apparently perfect for his high-tempo spread offense. He just came in from uh, Texas Tech. This is That was his previous employer. Right. So you have this situation. Arizona drafted Josh Rosen last year. And Kingsbury has wanted Kyler Murray since he was in high school. Right. So they drafted... They drafted uh, Arizona. Drafted. Uh, oh my God, Charles! Really? Okay. Uh, fair question. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on from that. Uh, so you had this interesting situation where uh, Kyler Murray comes in number one. He's obviously the favorite of Cliff Kingsbury, and then you have Josh Rosen, who was drafted just the year prior. What is Arizona going to do? Arizona trains, uh, trades him to Miami. And I'll let Francisco, the resident Miami Dolphin fan, take over. I here. mean, the I'm, I've heard all types of perspectives so far as far as the trade is concerned. Um, Miami Dolphins fans are completely delusional. I, I can tell you that much. That's the hardcore of the hardcoreest. Um People are saying, oh, why did we waste a second-round pick on him? Well, just think of it as we just picked Josh Rosen in the second round of this year's draft. Just think of it that way. Plus, his signing bonus and all that stuff, the Arizona Cardinals have already already paid for it. He's signed for three years at $2 million per year. So the Dolphins are getting him for a steal at this point. And the Dolphins are in no position whatsoever to have any sort of standards at QB. I mean, we've been dealing, we dealt with the, the, I guess, the personification of Toast and Ryan Tannehill for the last few years. And actually, that's something that set this whole thing up because Tannehill was traded earlier. Right. He was traded to to Charles's beloved Titans. And that was Um, a few months ago. So if you love Toast, Charles, you're going to love Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Have a little bacon. No, uh, no, he is a he is a plain toast, dude. No bacon, no butter, no nothing, dude. All right, it's not actually it's not even toasted. It's just a piece of white bread. Um, Gentlemen, understand this. I will take Ryan Hill and his little toasty self for the four games that Marriott is going to be injured because it is better than Blaine Gabbert. Okay, well, we all can agree on that, right? (laughs) It's the same logic of you guys trading a low second round pick. To get somebody who, who may or may not have to start one day because that's magic can't throw and he can't run. Okay, I mean we got yeah we got Josh Rosen and now he's here. He's gonna at some point beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick with the uh, Fitzpatrick and his his giant beard and his dad bod. Um, <laughs> God man, it makes you think that you could play in the NFL when you look at him like that. But then he's you know flings an eighty yard pass and it's like okay I can't do that. Um, but then he throws 40 interceptions and you think, well, I can do that. That's for sure. Um, okay. Uh, but I'm okay with it. I, I don't see any sort of, there's just really nothing to lose for the dolphins. I mean, the team is expected to, to be horrible this season. If Josh Rosen can lift this team to 
six, seven wins, that actually might be a plus because this team is expected to win like about three to five games. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the tank for Tua right. uh, side of, of the equation, which is kind of the, the, the thing most people are thinking the Dolphins are expecting to do is tank for either Tua or whoever they can get in the next class of quarterbacks, which is supposedly going to be better. But, you know, I don't really care about that. I just care that we have a guy who's young, um, he has a chip on his shoulder, that's for sure. I know, th- even before he was traded, I think it was the day over the day before the NFL draft, he unfollowed Arizona on all of his yeah. social media accounts. and who cares? I mean, I unfollowed the TSA. So. <laughs> so that's just the thing that you do, all right? When you're pissed off at something, I unfollowed Sonic the Hedgehog uh, as well because that is an atrocity. And uh, Steve Smith being petty, even though he cried. Yeah, exactly. Um, Steve Smith is, uh, but whatever. He's just a crazy guy. On He's like that. He's freaking, uh, I watch all of Eastbound and Down. He's kind of like one of those guys <laughs> that was on the show at the end, in the final season yeah. uh, on the sports sesh or whatever. That's basically Steve Smith. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm okay with the trade. Dolphins fans who have an issue with it. I don't know if you guys have seen the last 20 years of our franchise history, but since Dan Marino retired, but I'm pretty darn sure this isn't the worst thing that's ever happened. And it actually might turn out to go well. We actually have a guy who can, you know, gunsling. We actually have a guy who looks like he cares, uh, who who won't be coddled like Ryan Tannehill was, um, who who actually, you know, and – and the local beat writers here making an issue about Josh Rosen's personality and all that stuff, even though his former teammates from Arizona all came to his defense saying that he's a good teammate and all his jazz. Um, I, honestly, it doesn't matter if the guy's an asshole. I don't care if he can win some games. That's great. You know, I mean, a lot of people said the 97 Marlins were full of a bunch of, you know, guys who were kind of douchey to each other. But even then, things came out that they weren't really like that. But even then I would take a bunch of assholes who can win. Then, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, was supposedly a good guy and all that stuff, but you know, didn't really connect with his teammates and all that stuff. And he was a piece of toast. So, I mean, you can't have a toast piece of toast there. He can't move in the pocket. Toast can't move in the pocket. If you put a piece of toast on grass, it won't move. (laughs) So he, we have a guy who actually wasn't a wide receiver (laughs) as a quarterback as well. I totally forgot. Tannehill was a wide receiver at Texas A&M. Exactly. So we have a guy who's been a quarterback basically his entire life, his entire career, played at UCLA, all this other stuff, cares about the environment, cares about if the state of Miami sinks into the ocean or not. Okay. he's So we essentially have Al Gore as a quarterback, which is great. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy. We'll hunt down man, bear, peg, and I'm good. Okay. So I... I like this, and Dolphins fans, just chill out. We're going to suck anyways. The Patriots are going to be better than us. Tom Brady is still alive. Um, and until that guy retires, you know, we're not going to be doing anything. Your division is basically locked wait, up. By wait them. until Tom Brady retires. Right. And Although, even then, Bill Belichick might be able to spin some magic. Right. Um, I'm thoroughly convinced he made a deal with the devil or something, just like Nick Saban. Oh, no, I'm, I I think the entire city of Boston has. <laughs> that's and that's true. why I'm glad the Blue Jackets are up against the Bruins right now. Um, I think it's 2 nothing. 
as far as I know. And uh, the Boston Celtics need to lose at all costs, so the Milwaukee Bucks better get their freaking act together. <laughs> and the Boston Red Sox better – I mean, they're, they're, they're winning right now, but I am on I'm, – I'm actually – I'm actually for the Yankees or the Rays, either one of those two, to beat out the Red Sox. And by the way, Charles, the Yankees are uh, being decimated by injuries and yet still keep winning. Yeah, and actually, I think that's a good segue. We're on a mission from God, gentlemen. Yeah, that's Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Um, the reason I bring, or the, the reason I say segue is because we can go quickly to the players of the week in the major leagues. Right. The AL Player of the Week is none other than Luke Voigt, who is the first baseman for the Yanks. This is his second Player of the Week. His first came last year, um, over this past week, which ended, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, it ended on Sunday. He had a four thirty three batting average, a five twenty eight on on-base percentage, and an eight sixty seven slugging percentage, which included four home runs and 10 RBI. That's a hell of a week right there. Going over to, or any analysis, gentlemen, on that one? Um, real quickly, I'll just talk about how he is a gift from God in a sense that, because I believe he was backing up Greg Bird, and Greg Bird is often injured um, prospect that we've been trying to work with as our first baseman um, long time. It's just not happening. So we get high voltage. Can we make that pun? Uh, <laughs> coming in here. Oh, man. And I'm doing it trademark right now. Yanks. He's going to be selling that t-shirt outside of Yankee Stadium. Oh, you, no, you know he will. Tell me you can't see this. Instead of the pinstripes, you have like the pinstripes with little lightning lines. I, I got to have this. Um, he's just been accurate. He's connecting. He's playing good in all you know fields of the game. And I think he's going to be the only man we have left because DJ LeMahieu, I can't say his name. Um, LeMahieu. He's been going. Yeah, so he, he's another guy that we have picked up as a utility and also a different spot. Um, but Voight is bringing the voidage, so you better watch out. Okay. Who's the NL Player of the Week? NL Player of the Week is Eduardo Escobar, third baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Over the past week, he hit 480 with a 1.573 on. Uh, uh, on I think it's on base plus, plus slugging, slugging. Yeah. on base plus slugging percentage. He had three home one, uh, runs, three triples, two doubles, and eight RBI. Any analysis there? I mean, who does he play for? Forgot. Diamondbacks. Oh, Arizona. Well, the Diamondbacks have been um, surprisingly in the hunt with regards to the West, uh, the NL West. Uh, I. Not really. I mean, he plays for Arizona, thus there's really nothing I could say. I don't really follow them. I don't really see them. I don't really – I'm like, hey, good week, dude. At least he wasn't Christian Yelich, making me more feel more more horrible for that trade. By the way, Lewis Brinson was optioned to AAA. Yes. So he was one of the key pieces, one of the three players um, in – or I think it was four players, but um, in that trade for Christian Yelich, he was the local guy and – He's been struggling. Dom Mattingly has had him batting eighth in the lineup, which is not good for any young player. So I'm glad he's going back down, can work out his kinks. But the other pieces of that trade are actually doing really well in the minors. So hopefully they don't rush them up to the big league so they can have their hopes crushed in front of nobody at Marlins Park. (laughs) I can do that because my team is horrible. Um, Oh, we know. And we're losing 6-4 to to the Indians right now. 
uh, rematch of the 97 World Series right oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and just very quickly, Chris Davis watch. Uh, ever since his first hit, I believe, uh, yeah, April 13th was when he broke his slump. Uh, he has been tearing up opposing batting. Uh, he has a 320 batting average, a 333 uh on base percentage and a 621 slugging i think i i mean either way they're light years better than what he was doing before which was literally nothing um i don't know i can maybe update us next week on that but yeah we'll see how he's doing now he's he's actually uh, i was looking on twitter there were some like uh mvp chants uh red sox fans were getting into it He's. I will say for sure, he may not be MVP, but he is definitely the front runner for comeback player of the year. If he can have even just a legitimately solid season, he doesn't have to hit 50 home runs like he did before or anything like that. But he hits about 25 to 30 home runs and has a has like a maybe above 250 batting average and you know maybe 100 RBIs or so. I don't know anything like that. He he could be. Yeah, I, I would vote for him. If I had a vote, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, so do you want to move quickly to the NHL playoffs? Yeah. Um, well, it's two to one now. Boston has scored. Uh, that's that's unfortunate. So, so that's the um, Columbus-Boston series. Right. So um, that one is currently tied one to one. Um, and they are in Boston. They're no, in, no, they're, they're in Columbus. Yeah, they're in Columbus. And it's very crucial that the Jackets can take both of their games out there because – I'd be more comfortable with them going into Boston for game five, up three games to one, rather than tied at 2-2 or vice versa. Right. Three to one. They basically they have to defend home ice here. Right. Because let's say they win the two in Columbus. They go in. And they Boston. allowed that goal with about like 20 seconds left that for the sucks. second. So it's, it's even in more gut-wrenching. Yeah, the second. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. About those, end. those always suck. Um, so yeah, if they, if they can have a three, one series lead going back to Boston, I think they're in a good place because even if they lose game five, they still have game six at home. Right. Um, and they, I will say just by virtue of that gigantic cannon, they have great home ice advantage. Speaking of home ice advantage and lack thereof, the New York Islanders. That is true. Let's discuss that really quick. As I discovered last week, and actually someone on the the Discord server for Reddit College Hockey gave us a shout-out. It was actually BU, our, our regular Yay. viewer, Hello. BU, Mr. Canada, uh, pointed out that we had discussed this last week, that home ice for the New York Islanders shifted back to Brooklyn for the remainder of the playoffs. Right. Last uh, first round was in uh, Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. Right. They have a significantly better record there. The fans are much better. It is their fan base is there. Their fan base is there. Um, so they essentially shot themselves in the foot contractually by saying that they have to play the remainder of the playoffs. It's basically neutral ice at that point. Right. It, the atmosphere is completely different. It's a, even though it's it is, a bigger arena. It's a terrible venue for hockey. Exactly. It was not designed for hockey. And originally, it was supposed to be designed for hockey, but then they cut costs because 
you know, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, <laughs> uh, they somehow still the second banana compared to the Knicks, which is hard to think of. But and they're in a better position so far, unless they get KD out in New York. But that's to the side. Either way, they play at the Barclays Center, which is a basketball arena that shoehorned the hockey rink onto it. And the result of that is the sight lines are terrible. But more, it's the fact that their fan base is out what uh, out east um on the island long island brooklyn right. is technically on the island but it's hence the new name York islanders City. and the um the venue is not designed for hockey the ice is not the same the ice is actually terrible it's universally derided and by the reason players. why is because of the they did not use steel pipes to freeze the ice they use plastic pipes because once again brooklyn nets um <laughs> just cutting costs and whatever either way it's it's neutralized them it's it, they've neutered their their actual home fights advantage the, the hurricanes have gone now have a two nothing lead heading back to raleigh where right. the fans have gone absolutely nuts for them now exactly uh, because the jerks that i gotta say um the the whole what is it called was a storm surge or the storm surge yeah. storm surge that has been like a a shot of adrenaline it's, into that team into that fan base it is basically like what happened to the panthers with 2016 with the spacey and space thing right um or and bear in mind the spacing just that a was disclaimer all the stuff happened okay that yes that's our disclaimer here um, and they took it down from the the their dinner of honor, which they the kind of like their Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, they they, they took, took that stuff. stuff all down of it's done. Kevin Spacey does not exist in this in the Panthers timeline now. But uh, they retconned him. Right, but back when it was a thing, the I the still Panthers. have the sweatshirt. Oh, by the oh way. really? Yeah, it's somewhere somewhere, but it's I haven't busted it out in a long time for obvious reasons. It anyways was gim. It was let's be honest. It was a gimmick. I mean, this is all gimmicks, but the uh, well, I'm happy that the Hurricanes have done this. Yes. I'm happy that they, I'm hoping they come out of the East now. They they took out my pick for the Eastern Conference and for the whole league, actually, in the Washington Capitals. And that was so a now, hell of a series. That one went to Game 7. The only team to win on the road in that series. Exactly. It was Game 7 double overtime. In D.C. In D.C. Against the defending champions. If that is not a storybook ending to that series, I don't know what is. The so, heavily favored Stanley Cup defending champions losing. It was in, the perfect cap to the first round of the playoffs for the NHL. It was a cap to the caps. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that's that series. I'm hoping the Canes win that series and move on to the finals. Uh, even the Stanley Cup finals, actually. Yeah, um, that would be great. Then we've got the West series. Um, the Blues won last night in Dallas, uh, going up two to one. Dirk Nowitzki was there, so and so was Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so they got to see that, and maybe they <laughs> they caused them bad luck. So Dirk yeah. needs to, Dirk needs to leave. Okay, he's it's 2006, Dirk, not 2011, <laughs> Dirk. He he. Um... Yeah, they're. It seems like they're almost like Drake for Toronto. Mavs fans are still team. pissed off at Dwayne Wade for that 2006 series. Oh, I'm sure they are. Uh, anyways, so um, that series is two to it's one. A good, St. Louis. It's a good series, though. It's a really good series. The mm-hmm. Blues really stuck it to the Stars mm-hmm. last night, but I think this is just gonna. This is gonna go all the way. 
because the teams are pretty evenly matched there and they face each other all season long because they're in the same division then you've got the other series one-to-one between the stars and the avalanche or not the stars the sharks and the avalanche i'm sorry and i'm rooting for the sharks me too and here's the reason why joe thornton Period. Basically, all those guys on the Sharks that have been there for so long. Um, Patrick Marlowe. Well, Marlowe's no longer there. Oh, oh yeah, right. He went My to bad. Toronto. Right. But you still got guys like Eric Carlson. You know, he hasn't been there forever. This is his only season here. And it's actually, he's a free agent after this. Really? So, um, I don't know if it's like a Kawhi Leonard situation, but I think he's enjoying himself out there in San Jose. Yeah. Uh, Anything's better than Ottawa. Right. That's true. Uh, especially after what one of the wives of one of his former teammates did. Like, uh, that teammate is Mike Hoffman of the Florida Panthers, who had a fantastic season with us, by the way, and no wives were threatening to kill each other's babies. Oh, yes. It's... Or happy that babies were dying. Yeah, this that's... Is turn... This has taken a turn. That's uh, That was not exactly a great moment in hockey history. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, Colorado, San Jose tied 1-1. Uh, I believe they're playing this evening. Right. Uh, well, yeah, they're playing tonight. First game out in Denver. So we'll see what happens there. It's actually really fun to watch playoff anything in Denver right now. Uh, it must be really fun. I'm, yeah. I haven't felt that in a while. <laughs> I think both teams play in the Pepsi Center or whatever it's called. Right. They both share the arena. Both teams are Seth Jones, um, defenseman for the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh his dad was an NBA player and the reason he got into hockey was because when his dad was playing for the nuggets, they would watch avalanche games. He met Patrick Waugh and Joe Sackick and all those guys. And then he just fell in love. I can, I can absolutely see that. That was, that was a, that core from 96 through Oh three was dominant. Uh, They may have only just won two cups only, but still, that was a very dominant team for better part of a decade. Right. Um, all right, so okay. we're done with hockey. I know we're kind of speeding That's through things. Six minutes left. We're, we're going to end at nine? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to end at nine. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, is there any Fulmer Cup things? Yeah, actually, there are. Um, if you want to pull up that wonderful, wonderful it is up. Side. And Excellent. once again, we are not the official podcast of the Fulmer Cup. We are just, you know, guys who like to look at stuff. And you know, <laughs> even though our esteemed Andrew is now a, don't, don't say it. Okay. Or you know what? Say it. What the hell? I mean, it doesn't really affect you. You're still a very responsible individual, and it's a good thing. I mean, you are a moderator. That is correct. At uh, RCFB. So, uh, but he does not use his power to. Uh, self-promotes because that's a, a no-no constantly on reddit as i have learned because i've been banned by many a community for doing so <laughs> no i no I, I i try to avoid it i do avoid it um you know but whatever if people stumble upon it they stumble upon us exactly uh so anywho uh first arrest that i want to cover is and i'm guessing at the pronunciation here uh, Rajon Wright of Nickel State University. I was about Univers- to say Rajon Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> Rajon Wright of Nickel State University. Uh, he is. Wait, wait Nickel State? Nick, sorry, Nichols. Oh, okay. And I see. What team are H-O-O-L-S they? H O O L S State. What team are they? Uh, I'll you look, look that up. I'll oh, okay. get on with it. Cool. He's defensive back for Nichols State. 
Uh, he was arrested for drug possession, marijuana, and possession of burglary tools. In in specific, said burglary to, burglary tools are a nine millimeter pistol, an AK style rifle, an AR style rifle, a twenty four uh, sorry a twenty two caliber rifle, spent shell casings, a hundred rounds of ammunition, ski masks, gloves, and a crowbar. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nichols State University is in. I think it's in Louisiana. Thibodeau, like Tom Thibodeau, Louisiana. And they are the, uh, I think they are the colonels. Yeah, they are the colonels. And they their colors are red and gray. Well, he p- was possessing weapons like he was going to war. Oh, boy, that that's uh, a lot of weaponry. Um, but funnily, funny enough, the... Uh, Chief Gerald Sticker, I'm assuming he's with the local police in Mandeville, Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, said, quote, with everything we saw, these individuals were not going to weren't going to choir practice. There is some wrongdoing at some level. So that's a great quote right there. Uh, other two arrests are I'm going to butcher these because I do not know how to pronounce them at all. And I couldn't find anything on the Internet showing how to pronounce them. Uh, both players from Washington State University up in uh, Pullman, West, uh, Pullman, Washington. Um, we have Faave Faave, linebacker, and Christian Han Ghana, who is an offensive lineman. They were arrest, arrested for second-degree malicious mischief. Malicious mischief. Malicious mischief. I like the alliteration. <laughs> and specifically, what they were doing was... Sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> it's kind of like a misdemeanor from the Loaded Weapon parody movie. Okay. Um, highly recommend you watch that. Um, these are felony charges. What happened was... Uh, there was a report on Saturday that people were jumping on cars at the Cougar Ridge Apartments on College Hill. Um, the, a witness said they followed the suspects who drove away from the scene. Eventually, they were arrested. Um, Second-degree malicious mischief means that the damage they allegedly caused exceeded $750. Allegedly dented the hoods and busted windows of a Mercedes SUV and sedan. Okay. So, fun stuff right there. All right. Uh, Washington State is now on the board. Okay. So, that's it? Uh, yeah, that's it for our Fulmer Cup update. Okay. I, uh, I think we're... Should we end it here? Yeah, I think we're at the end of the show. I mean, we got through most of our topics. Yeah, I'd say to so. Talk about, at least the stuff we wanted to hit on. Um, next week, we'll, uh, hopefully, I'll be more prepared. Uh, but... I'm, I have Hall of Famer I want to talk about. I have uh, a minor league team I want to go through as well. But anyways, thank you, Andrew, for leading, for, for being the point guard for today. Of course. I've, I've always wanted to be a point guard. I play point guard on NBA games because I like the kind of playmaker um, style of play. And it was fun getting to lead the show for once. 
Charles sends me a horrendous vision of Sonic the Hedgehog and his horrible <laughs> teeth. And we'll be talking about that next week because I have thoughts. Uh, oh, that's, kinda, no. that's part of our off topic. That's awful. Yeah. Oh. So um, you guys can look for it on Twitter and you guys can <laughs> bask in the nightmarish, the nightmare fuel that is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie <laughs> and our, our beloved Jim Carrey as, as uh, Dr. Eggman. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're not going to go see that. Not unless I get tickets for free. Mm. Oh, he's going to see it. He's just blind. <laughs> I will be seeing Detective Pikachu when that comes out. Yeah. Damn, I, if uh, only for the for the free Pokemon card they give you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's it, guys. Take care. Good night. Got to go fast. Yeah. <laughs>